Welcome to Woven Conversations. I'm your host, Michelle Meinhardt. This is a series of conversations with some of my friends with unique perspectives, and they bring me questions. Today, we welcome Meg Baer, a nurse midwife and women's health practitioner. I hope you enjoy this second episode, which we've lovingly titled Lady Bits. Hey, Meg. Hi, Michelle. I'm so glad you could join us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad. Uh, so I wanted to invite you to one of my woven conversations because you, well, I adore just talking to you. The number of times that we just get together and chat, 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 chat is just, it's a good time. But you have an interesting perspective with your job. You're a nurse midwife, and I never get your second part of your title right. Women's health nurse practitioner. Women's health nurse practitioner. So you just don't see men. Correct. Fantastic. Correct. Yes. And so um, I, you're in the wellness industry, but more than that, you're like health side of it all. Like you write prescriptions and stuff. Correct. So yeah. you have um, just a different view. I'm in the, well, air quotes, wellness industry as well. And so there's a lot that is intersecting, but um, I'm just excited to see what kind of unfolds in some of our conversation today. Yes. So I would maybe describe it as yoga is seen more as an alternative mm -hmm. form of preventative healthcare. And I'm more on the medical mm -hmm. hospital-based mm -hmm. side of preventative healthcare. Yeah. So yeah. Love it. So one of the biggest things that I talk about in my job on an everyday basis, it uh -huh. never fails every day that I'm in my office, I hear women question either their sexual health or the sexual health of their daughters. Okay. People don't necessarily talk to me about their sons, but probably because their comfort zone is within female health. Okay. So I wanted to know, because I've had a couple of moms actually bring their daughters in for me to mm -hmm. chat with them about, hey, this is what it's going to be like when you start your period, or this is what I want you to value in a relationship. So I want to know from your point of view, because you're a mom of two girls, two boys, mm -hmm. I want to know what intimidates you most about having this conversation with your girls. Oh, that's a close one. Um, because it's really funny. I have, I am much more comfortable talking to my boys about things like that, whereas I'm not as comfortable with my girls. So I, I've been doing some reflecting on that. And to be honest, it's, I think there's an inherent shame in the conversation that we have with girls and women about their bodies. Absolutely. And so my fear, the reason I hesitate when I have those conversations is because the last thing that I want is for my girls to inherit my shame. Mm -hmm. That I want to give them this clean slate of being able to talk about themselves and their bodies and who they are as women without this like inherited background of the messages that I've been told. I recognize by limiting my conversations <laughs> with them, I'm not giving them a new narrative. I'm not giving them a new story to tell about themselves. Right, like so maybe they're silence. just going to be picking up what's in the atmosphere if right. I don't give the words. So, right. Um, yeah. So do you think that the conversation or like your friends that have daughters that are uh -huh. at this age as well, uh -huh. do you feel like the conversation is better coming from something formal like a book or from mm. a, another podcast or watching an interview or mm -hmm. something on YouTube? Or do you feel like sitting down and having that conversation is a better platform? I feel like it's 
It's all of the things because we can have resources that guide us. But what I really want is actually more of a continual conversation. Mm -hmm. Not that moment in time where we have to like sit down and be like, having the talk. Right. You know, like it makes everybody awkward. Right. I feel like that puts it from from the instant that that conversation starts. Mm -hmm. Everyone Mm -hmm. gets that feeling of embarrassment or shame. And then you're going to shut down. Yeah. So tell me what to do. Fix me, Meg. Yeah, I think. <laughs> so when I go in, because I go in and talk to the girls at school too. And mm-hmm. the first thing that I want them to do is say, I'm going to have a period and uh-huh. it's normal. Because I feel like half of them, maybe they understand that they're going to have a period. They understand mm-hmm. that that's part of being a female. They don't know that everyone else is going to have that too. So normalizing yeah. that you're not alone mm-hmm. and that you don't have to be scared. This That's is good. a natural process in your body. It's unfamiliar. So uh-huh. there's some intimidation that comes with that, mm-hmm. but it's normal. And every other female that you're going to come in contact with, they've been there and yeah. they've done that and they understand. Yeah. So even though we don't talk about periods and at the dinner table, or we don't talk about periods uh-huh. in like common everyday conversation, yeah. reassuring a young yeah. person that, Hey, this is normal and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And you're going to have questions and you're not going to know what's happening. And I'm going to walk you through that. So That's I don't even good. think that it's necessary, necessarily like a conversation that you have to sit down and say, this is your uterus and these are your ovaries. And here's the process that's going to happen. But more of a, when this happens, Mm -hmm. know that I'm here, know that it's normal and know that you're going to be okay. Yes. I love that because inherent in kind of the practice of yoga and and at least in my own practice of yoga, there's this element of acceptance that comes in really strong of just, okay, this is my body. This is what it's doing today. Mm -hmm. Whether or not I like, or it feels, you know, what I want it to be or whatever air quotes, Um, ideal might be right this is what it is today right and so I'm going to work within that and so there's a level of acceptance that it kind of grows from the practice and so being able to put that into taking that you know off the mat and into relationships and just saying well this is this is what we are this is how we're created this is what's going to happen and I think part of acceptance is awareness too so knowing that oh, this is a new feeling that I have in my belly. Am I nervous? Am I scared? That Mm -hmm. might be a menstrual cramp, you know? (laughs) So like being aware and in tune to your body to recognize when something is changing. And Uh that's one thing that I talk about, I think especially important around the eight, nine-year-old girl range Uh is starting to talk about like, you're going to get dark hair on your legs and you're going to find hair in your armpit and talking about the ways that their bodies are going to change. You're going to develop breasts and what to expect when that change happens. Mm -hmm. And also like when you have questions about the bras that you're going to wear, come and ask me, I'll help you. And so by not having any kind of conversation or yes. not opening that door, I think that's when the shame kind of comes yes. in. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy and, and somewhat disheartening the way shame can creep in just so easy if we're not really proactive about saying, no, there's there's some good things here. This, you know, this is not inherently bad. Right. And like, I don't even think it's always shame from your immediate family or from mm-hmm. the person that is yeah. guiding you through life. Yeah. I think that the shame comes from our friends. I think it comes from the social environment that we're living in. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I think is important to talk to our daughters about is, and sons realistically, but like if you see a friend who has started her period, mm-hmm. help her, offer yeah. her your sweatshirt, offer her a change of clothes, yeah. do something to help her because that could very well be you someday. And just yeah. kind of encouraging the 
bond between your daughters yeah. or between your daughter and her yeah. friends. And the normalizing of it all. Yeah. Normalizing. Yeah. Not be emphasized enough. Yes. 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 Oh, so good. Good so, question, Meg. That that's Wait, this is only part one of the question. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the best is yet to come. <laughs> so yoga is about breath and mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. and I guess the flow mm-hmm. of those combining. And that when I hear breath and body, I automatically think sex. Oh, okay. So I want to hear your opinion on or your reflection on do you think there is a place for breath and body and and yoga flow mm-hmm. that will enhance your bedroom experience? Oh, well, I would say that within a yoga practice – part of the the process what kind of unfolds is the gift of awareness and just being able to notice and uh, even enjoy like whatever is happening in the present moment so this is what it is today and so I think yes all of those things even just the practice of paying attention and of noticing whether it's between partners and being able to notice what's going on with the other person mm-hmm. or in your own body awareness and your sensitivities and even preferences, like just starting to learn like, oh, I don't like this and I do like this. People have preferences about everything. And in, and in the ancient yoga literature, there's a lot of talk about how you deal with just preferences that hot or cold. What does it mean to for those to just be preferences? And so learning those not making them good or bad necessarily like oh okay so this is what that is and being able to name it I'm seeing yes. a theme in our conversation yes and um so then that's information that we can use I say that all the time like oh okay well that's good information you might be able to use that somehow and so I would say yes um there is potential for that um yeah do you feel one of the some of the feedback that I hear a lot in my office I would say nine out of 10 times when I'm talking to women about what's inhibiting them Uh in their bedroom experience. It's the like to-do list that they have forming. And so I have A, Mm -hmm. B, C, and D today. And I know that like, I I feel an obligation to want to satisfy my partner. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to be sexually active, but I don't necessarily like want to, I don't look forward to it, but it's something that I'll like, yeah, I'll get it done. And so do you feel like, with the practice of yoga, you can mm. sort of calm down or like quiet that to-do list and be present in the moment for Absolutely. what you're experiencing. Yeah. Like, actually, in my conversation last week with Jordan, we had quite a bit of conversation around just being able to be present to what actually is and, you know, showing up to this moment right now. And yoga is a practice of that. You You do it over and over so that you can essentially get better at it you never conquer it you know but it's something that helps you and we do that in yoga on a yoga mat so that we can take it out into the world and live that way and so absolutely once you've learned the art of saying okay I'm going to move out of my brain and bring it down into my heart into my body just by noticing the next breath then you'll be able to just relax into the moment so much easier and say those other things can wait I'm going to be here right now Um, especially because here right now is really important to the relationship I have with this other person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And without like probably double doing what all you and Jordan have talked about, I think that's what 
women struggle with most mm-hmm. is saying, I'm worth it right now to take this time for me. Yeah. Yeah. And vocalizing that in the bedroom seems to be very difficult for women too. Yeah. Not everybody, but yeah. common feedback is, well, I don't want to say anything or I'm too embarrassed mm. or, and we could mm. take a whole conversation into body shame too that oh my gosh, women yes. experience on a regular yes, basis. That they're not meeting some sort of invisible expectation. And I do see a lot in the yoga world that yoga for every size. Yes. I feel like yoga in particular mm-hmm. is very, very body inclusive. Yes. There's a, an entire movement that is um, body positive. And some really great leaders that are just bringing out more and more conversation to say, well, first of all, there's health at every size. So let's forget the shaming over how we look based on a size, a number, because you can be physically healthy, you know, but still be a bigger person. And so the relevance of BMI has left. Yeah. Yes. And so like, has your doctor told you your specific health concerns? You should talk to them about that and what the actual benefit is to noticing what weight or size might have to do with it. And so there's some really great voices out there having that conversation. And so I, I try, I practice, I'm aware um, that all bodies, yoga doesn't have to be for everybody, but it should be available for anybody. So there's lots of ways to do it because ultimately you're just showing up to Mm -hmm. yourself. Whether or not you can touch a floor is somewhat irrelevant unless you decide you need to make it relevant. But I don't, as an instructor, as a person in the class, I don't, I don't find any relevance in that because that's not the goal. There's a wonderful uh, quote from Iyengar, one of the ancient teachers. It says, it's not about touching the floor. It's about what you discover on the way down. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) That's perfect. Do you feel like there's anything in the yoga world that is tailored specifically to be inclusive like that? So like in providers' offices now, we're seeing like larger chairs in the waiting room. Mm -hmm. That way, Mm -hmm. if someone is a little bit heavier, they don't have to find a special seat to sit in or they're not embarrassed and have to stand in the waiting room. So do you feel like there's something in yoga that we are tailoring to be inclusive to everybody? That's hard to say depending on teachers and studios. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the things that I have seen and I can't say that I have um, participated in because some of the things are just not relevant to where I teach. Yeah. But some of those things would be like when you offer clothing, you're offering all sizes, including uh, plus sizes, extra, yeah. extra larges, because and, and extra, extra smalls. I've actually had a multitude of conversations, more than one would think, about body shame with exceptionally yes. skinny girls and yes. how they feel when their bodies are talked about. And so that really takes the conversation even further into why are we talking about women's bodies like this so much <laughs> on yes. ev- on an every level? Totally we're talking about like, it. Yeah, these this group doesn't feel good enough, and this group doesn't feel good enough, and even the very, very average people still don't feel like they hit it on the head even though they're right in the middle and ironically the pressure that that's coming from is other women totally the feedback that we're getting about Mm -hmm. our bodies is from other women Mm -hmm. so it's this vicious cycle yeah yeah and all of it stems from a level of insecurity trying to figure out where we fit somehow and I think it's kind of what you were talking about earlier, that connection between women, that this is normal, that this, you know, Mm -hmm. and how our bodies work, but more so like we're all okay is what we need to be able to tell one another. But that conversation doesn't always happen. If anything, it veers the far direction that everybody starts pointing out their flaws and complaints. And then how do you, you know, move from there to be like, oh my gosh, like my body grew a child. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and oh it is God. no longer the same. 
True. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I feel like when you're in a group of women, it is so much easier to be negative about what's happening or negative about your body, negative about relationships. You can like bandwagon on that and then it just turns into this. Yeah. Uh, like gang up. Yeah. 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 There's, um, I once wrote about it, but I'm just in awe sometimes of the way we feel like the only way we can talk about ourselves is in the negative when there are some things that a lot of us do really well, but we're not allowed to say that. Yeah. And, um, and it's, that's just a, I, I don't know. It's just really unfortunate because I, I mostly see it once one gendered. I am not a male, so I don't know. I could be wrong. I've never experienced it in the male world, but I really do see it in the female world. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, I have another question for you. Okay. Those were doozies, so let's go. (laughs) (laughs) This one isn't quite the same. I feel like one of of my platforms, something that I'm really passionate about, is women's sexual health. And so that comes with awareness, um, owning it, Mm -hmm. also like the ability, like encouragement to try new things, Mm -hmm. taking away the shame out of like toys in the bedroom, things like that. So- I had not totally related, but as I was driving on my way here, actually, I saw the gentleman who stands every day, I think on the corner with his George Floyd sign. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking to myself, what would my sign say? So if I stood on a corner oh every day with a sign that was some kind of proactive, like, hey, here's what I want people to know. Mm-hmm. What would the, what would my sign say? And I want to say that it's like sex for life or, you know, something yeah. like I I hope that when I am. 80 and I'm healthy that I'm still sexually active so I'm thinking along that line what would your sign say you've already got it it's already there that's perfect yeah like there there's this sense this idea in the world that you've got to keep looking and looking and looking for whatever it is that's going to make you good enough and fit in enough and be enough and it is already there and look within and it's going to just explode in front of your eyes it's beautiful. Well, that was like perfect. Thanks. And I didn't even give you a heads up on that. I know so that's you even better. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Well, thank you, Meg. Um, so I want to take a few minutes though, just so viewers can just get a little bit like beyond the what you do for yes. a living and uh, deeper thoughts. Just a little get to know you a little quick five short answer questions, yes. if you don't mind. I'm stoked. Okay, great. Um let's see here. What's the taco topping you can't live without? Cilantro. That's a good one. It's not a taco without cilantro. Noted. A second, like a second close is uh, lime. Fresh lime. Really? Like you're hardcore with like real taco-ness. Right. right. Good for you. You should be. I have standards. Good. Yeah. High ones. (laughs) I like it. Um, What's the last podcast you referred to in conversation or recommended to Dax Shepard. It's like, of course. if someone didn't know that Dax Shepard was not on my level, like the amount that I talk about him like a personal friend, but only from his podcast is alarming. It's same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So absolutely armchair expert. Okay. Which has been your favorite episode? Oh, even better. I, I mean, oh, I really like Glennon Doyle. Oh, that was good. So Glenn, the Glennon Doyle was really yeah. good. Lenore Skagzinski. I'm her, saying her name wrong, but the uh, free range parenting one, she was also really good. Also, there was just a, I'm not going to remember her name, but she was Sharenting was the book that she wrote. And that was really interesting. It was on yes! social media and so children. Good. It was, that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was like th- at least three questions of the rapid right. fire one. Like I just kept <laughs> going, but it's fine. Um, humans are fill in the blank. 
creative. I like it. What's saving you right now? My people. Excellent. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. I had so much fun. Thanks for joining us for another Woven Conversation. Next week, we're going to have a different perspective. Uh, We're going to have a guy join us. Bert Deibel will be in the house. But until then, namaste. Namaste.